It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Evelyn. Love talking today about your financial health. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Right? We are so thrilled to be in the studio today, and we're going to be talking about some very sensitive things. Uh, we have a guest with us, and um, we, uh, we just are really happy, Missy. We are Miss Evelyn. Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. Of course, opening the program today was the First Lady of Love, Mrs. Evelyn Davison. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> 90 years young. Not many and people get to be 90 and do what right. we do because it's so much fun. It is so well, much fun. Well, and you have been Love Talking with uh, Love Talk program for 30, this is our 36th year. So happy for you, Miss Evelyn, and Thank welcome, you. friends, to Love Talk. And I am Coach Carrie Brinkater. Great to have you today here on KTXW, The Bridge, Austin, Central Texas Christian Talk. We are building bridges of love and leadership. And on the line with us today is our wonder-filled friend, Kathy Underbrock. Hey, Kathy. Hey, Coach Carrie. Hi, Miss Evelyn. It's great to be with you two ladies this morning. I'm so excited about the guests that you lined up. I've been going through all of the production notes, and just even going through the production notes, I'm learning things, biblical things, which, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what we need to be learning is how to apply the Bible to right where we are today. I'm so excited about this health series and what, what we're covering. So, I'm ready to get a little bit more healthy this morning. How about y'all? I hear you. I know. It has been a great, great journey. We have been on this journey of health for weeks now. Uh, We've talked about spiritual health, women's health, men's health, mental health. And physical health, sexual health, healthy marriage, dad. <laughs> Getting tough there, girl. I know, I know. It has really been awesome. Today, we continue our health journey with financial health. And I am so excited. And, and friends, you never know what kind of tricks we have up our sleeves um, for the next few weeks. So, of course, you want to set your alarm for 10 a.m. on Saturday mornings. Call your friends. Put it on Facebook, uh, email, Instagram, Twitter, because this has been an awesome journey. And, of course, you can find our archives at lovetalknetwork.com. Our journey today, Miss Evelyn. Yes. Financial We're on our journey. We are. And scripture reminds us that God ultimately owns everything we have here on earth. In 2012, I found this extremely interesting. Forbes magazine uh, published an article titled, Is the Bible the Ultimate Financial Guide? And uh, it states that money and possessions are the second most referenced topic in the Bible. And I just, I found that incredibly eye-opening money possessions is mentioned more than 800 times and some people say it's about 2,000 if you if you add in other areas of our lives where we're dealing with money and and things and and possessions um, the message is clear nowhere in scripture is debt viewed in a positive way and our job is to responsibly steward these resources that God has given us here on on earth And it's an opportunity to our finances, our financial picture, so to speak, is an opportunity to bring glory to God. And I just so excited about today. Wealth can be a gift from God, and we can use it to bring him glory when it is appropriately managed. So we will chat with a financial expert today to guide (laughs) us through biblical money Mm -hmm. management. Kathy, do you want to hit our verses for today? Yes, I think these are so appropriate to right where we're at right now. Um, in America, it says, Proverbs thirteen eleven: dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. Um, and our second verse to kind of instruct our conversation today comes from 1 Timothy 6, verses 17 through 19. It says, instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly surprises, supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasures of a good foundation for the future so that they may take a hold of 
of that which is life indeed. You know, Carrie, I think that God has this beautiful life for us. And there's something that one of my favorite things about Christ is he loves to wipe away debt. And, you know, when we talk about debt and we talk about the penalty of debt, which in my opinion is interest, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. the penalty of debt is interest. And and sometimes the interest starts to rack up so much Mm -hmm. that we're not even able to pay the principal of the debt because we're just Mm -hmm. paying on the interest. Mm -hmm. And I think that sin in our lives works the same Mm -hmm. way is that when we sin, we have this penalty and it's so big. It's so huge. We're not even able to pay it. But Christ says that he will completely wipe away the penalty of death that is hanging over our lives when we turn to him. He is uh, the absolute uh, redeemer of our lives. And so I, I love this topic today and, and learning how to get out of debt if you are in debt, learning how to stay away from debt in our lives and, and learning to turn to Christ, um, our ultimate redeemer, to wipe away the debt of sin and the penalty of death that, that, that's over us. What a great analogy, Kathy. Um, that is exactly right. That is exactly right. The Lord uh, wants to wipe away our debt of sin. And um, wow, that that's just a great analogy. I hadn't really thought about it like that. So thanks for dropping that knowledge on us right here at the start of the program, Kathy. Um, now, Miss Evelyn, here we are. We are in the middle of June already. I can't even believe it. Um, the summer, a couple of weeks now. What have you been up to? Taking care of Van? Taking care of Van. Yeah. <laughs> and finishing up with with things. You know, I, for thirty something years, I've served with the governor as an appointee by mm-hmm. him to plan to, for the prayer for the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's um, it's kind of like being in the tenth grade, and you go on. Get out of there and go on to the level. <laughs> and I think that's what love talk is. Uh, through the years, it has been it, it, God's good pleasure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there are things that we still need to do. And, you know, I am able to do it even at 90 years of age. And, and sometimes not perfect. And I have to swallow it and start over again. But, you know, that's the way life is. You're so precious, Miss Evelyn. That's life. That is life. That's what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. You know, our our service of God doesn't change, you know, whether we're 10 years old or 90 years old. Oh, we're blessed. Van just, takes care of me and I take care of him. And, you know, we're just having fun. We're just blessed. Oh, Miss Evelyn, I love it. Kathy, what about you guys? What's going on in your world? <laughs> Well, I am single parenting as uh, Eric and uh, Jordan have been off to Greece for their grand uh, adventure for Jordan's senior trip. And uh, then we are very quickly heading over to a family wedding in Alabama. And uh, then down, my brother really wanted to go on a honeymoon with everyone, which I find very unusual. But anyway, he wants to go on a wedding with everyone. We're, you know, our family loves family. And so we do, the End of Rocks do, and the Teasdales tend to hang out together and just have fun together. So we're hanging, we're um, heading down to this little beach in Florida called Panama City Beach. And so many people I talk to, they know it. I have never heard of it. And when my brother said, hey, I want to go down to Panama City Beach, I'm like, dude, I just want to stay in the country. I don't want to go international. I'm like, oh, my goodness. He's just shaking his head at me. So... Well, anyway, that sounds like a great time. What have you yeah, been up gonna to, It's going to be a ton of fun. Well, I have preached the middle school camp this week, and uh, <laughs> I tell you what, it has been absolutely amazing. You know, I am one of those few people, I think, that actually likes middle schoolers, um, you know, because they're quirky and odd and awkward and all the things, uh, but so blessed to have this opportunity again to preach camp. Um, I actually preached all five days. Um, which I haven't done in the past. I've only uh, preached three days. So you guys know, y'all have heard my sagas of preparing sermons and um, just the time that that takes. But I tell you what, the Lord is so good. He's so good and so amazing and so lovable. And I just pray that maybe just one thing, one thing that came out of my mouth through the blessing of the Lord this week um, 
that that those kids will remember just one thing and take away one thing and yeah. hide that in their heart as they as they travel the the weird journey that is middle school and uh, that they just hide the word and the truth of Jesus in their hearts um, and can take that with them. So super happy about that. And of course, I've uh, been traveling around with Logan with his high fly and basketball, man, it is, it is good stuff. And just, um, you know, preparing for Mackenzie's senior year. So it's been a little crazy, but I tell you what, my friend who is in studio with us today, we have children that are the same age. He has a daughter that is uh, in the, in class with my daughter and they are embarking upon their senior year. His son is in class with my son, Logan. Um, and uh, then he has that a young sounds like family, it, uh, right? I know they have become um, people that we just do life with over over the the past few years. And his name is Craig Larson, and he started in the financial services business after graduating from Saint Olaf College back in 1989 with a degree in economics. Craig, I also have a degree in economics. I don't know if you knew that or not. Um, from 1989 to 1996, he worked at Mass Mutual in Minneapolis as an insurance agent and then as an investment specialist and investment sales manager for the branch. Craig established Larson Financial Advisors in 1996 as an independent firm to better meet the needs of his clients. In 2011, this process was enhanced as Larson Financial Advisors became a registered investment advisory firm and converted converted its investment operations to fee-only fiduciary status. Now, you guys know, if you guys know anything about the financial planning world, this is a big deal. This fee-only based mm-hmm. fiduciary status, that is a, a really big deal, and he gives the most unbiased advice possible. He previously worked on the board of directors at the Minneapolis Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors. As you can tell, much of his life was spent up there in Minnesota, but he got here to Texas as quick as he could five years ago. Woke up, I know. He and his family have just been a welcome addition, and we're so thankful for them. Now, Craig actually has two two locations. He keeps his offices up there in Minnesota, but he also has an office here in the Central Texas area in Cedar Park. And Craig, we are so delighted to have you on the program today. Craig Larson, friends, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here, an honor. And uh, I knew there was something special about you, and I didn't know it was the economics degree. So you really stand out about heard there. You know, it takes a, a weird person to get a degree in economics. Um, I tell you, I, I, I actually have a degree in economics and kinesiology, so that was like a weird, you know, balance of of, of deals, but I have um, really enjoyed that part of my brain, we, for sure. <laughs> well, you know, I, being 90 years old, <laughs> Van and I uh, are really enjoying this time in our life because we did plan financially mm-hmm. for what we would need when we get older and mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you just think, well, I give it all up and go home to Jesus. But our part in what God's doing is distributed among his people. Mm-hmm. And we better be, be, we have to report for duty. We do. We do. Uh, Craig, I can't wait to um, get to some of these questions. I do have to tell you, uh, we were super proud of our daughter and our son. Um, Mackenzie started this, though, when she was 15 and she got her first job. She asked us, Mom, Dad, can, can we meet with your, can I meet with your financial advisor? I, I'd like to start a retirement fund. And we, we were like, What? <laughs> and so we did. We had her meet with our guy, and he was amazing. And, um, um, and wonderful, and so she has set up her retirement fund and has uh, put more money in it since she started it. And man, I told her, I said, you need to watch out. You don't tell anyone you're dating that you have this fund because <laughs> you are going to be very set by the time you're in your 30s. I mean, you're going to be you're going to be rolling, kiddo. And so, and Logan has now started as well. So I'm sure you've got, you have your kids uh, working on this as well, Craig. We have, my kids have their Roth IRAs set yes. up and there's even a mm-hmm. dad matching plan. Uh, sadly, oh. they don't take advantage of that as much as they should, but they are aware of it and they're working towards it. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, so whatever, gonna, whatever money they put in, you will match? Yeah. Oh, well, that's excellent. Yeah. Kenzie's got her Roth. Logan's getting his set up. Um, but yeah, lots of fun. Well, Craig, when we return to 
love talk. Miss Evelyn, always ask our guests a very important question about Jesus, and we will get to that when we return to Love Talk. Friends, we are discussing financial health today. You're going to want to keep your dial right here and hear from our sponsors, many of whom have been with Miss Evelyn and Love Talk for 35 <laughs> years. We just so appreciate them. When we return to Love Talk, more with Craig Larson and financial health right after this. Thank you, Gavin, for giving us that wonderful break. Boy, we having fun today. Uh, but in the studio, as I said earlier, we have a very special guy, and uh, we want to talk about, Craig, about what it is in life that gives you the picture of what God wants to do and how you came to know that he loves you and has a plan for your life. So uh, it's an interesting question because I think, uh, you know, I went to a um, – I grew up in Austin, Minnesota went to a small denominational church there, and I never doubted that Jesus loved me. I think the problem is that I didn't know how to love him back for a long, mm. long time. So I kind of went through the motions and got confirmed. I never really had a problem with the idea that there's a God and that Jesus was his son and that he died for us. But I was not living for him, and I was not trusting in him at all. And that went on for a couple of decades, a very un-Jesus-like <laughs> lifestyle. Sure. And uh, fast forward to young adulthood, in my mid-20s, I started seeking. And I even went to a church. I, there was a small Methodist church across from my apartment, and I went over there. And I was the youngest person in the room by at least 50 years. And mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, church is probably not for me. So I was chasing money and chasing girls and partying and driving Porsches and skydiving and trying to do <laughs> anything I could to find some meaning or thrill in life. And, of course, you just can't fill that void. And That's so. True. As uh, God's providence would have it, as a sales manager for investments at Mass Mutual in Minneapolis, my boss came to me and he said, hey, we got a lead for a retirement plan for this megachurch. And there's like 120 employees, and would you go and handle it? And I thought, great, that sounds like a great account. So I went there and um, you know, got to know a few people, had some interactions, and thought, these are, people are pretty nice. I think I'll just come to their church and kind of see how this operation works. And it was a very different experience. Uh, the pastor preached with authority and conviction and really parsed the Bible in detail with a lot of different perspectives mm-hmm. on it. And I had never really heard that kind of thing before. Wow. And uh, at the end of the service, he said, you know, in John 3, 3, it says that you must be born again to inherit the kingdom of heaven. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't really know what that means, but if that's what it takes, I'm going to do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> that began a summer of attending the church and Bible study, and by the end of the summer, I had accepted Christ in my heart. So mm. I call that the 12-inch the journey, right, from the mm-hmm. kind of head belief into the heart commitment. Oh, yeah. And, and I then love, down to the feet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> all the way through. And I would really encourage people to look into John 3.16, the verse that we all know, and he whoever believes, right, and that word believe in the Greek, it means to rely on mm. and trust in. And so that was the big difference for me is that I, I realized that I needed a Savior and that I needed to rely on him. Uh, Craig, I love I love that. Now, friends, I do have to tell you that um, Craig, not only does he have three beautiful children, but his wife is so beautiful just on the outside. Okay, she is a stunningly gorgeous person, but I don't think I've ever met a sweeter human. And I just, when I first got to know you guys, Craig, I thought, Surely she's not always this sweet. Surely she is not always this sweet. She is, Miss Evelyn. She is beautiful well, and precious and kind and um, just a lovely, lovely person. So, Craig, you did well. Well, I had somebody come up to me and say, son, you really outkicked your coverage on that one. <laughs> she is a gorgeous lady. Well, let's get to the topic at hand today. As as Craig and I were discussing this program, Financial Health, um, we... He sent me five concepts to ponder and consider as we think through biblical financial decisions and ways to um, manage our money according to how the Bible would instruct us. And he first said that we're to honor God with our financial decisions. Now, I know that sounds simple, Miss Evelyn, but there's some No, very, we've lived that. It's, right? it's true. Uh, to honor God with our financial decision, decisions, and we're going to discuss those today, to have a financial plan to prepare for trials and tribulations, that most debt is bad, and to diversify whenever you have enough that you, to, to save. When it comes to that point, to diversify those funds. 
And so, uh, Craig, this is absolutely fantastic, and I'm, I'm just thrilled by this. So your first concept is honoring God with our financial decisions. In Matthew 25, Jesus teaches with a parable, as he does most with most of his teachings, and this one is called the parable of the talents. It's basically, in a nutshell, a wealthy master leaves three servants in charge of his financial affairs while he goes away on a journey. When he returns, two of the servants had multiplied the coins for which they were responsible in various ways, right? And the third buried his to keep it safe, and the master was, let's just call it less than pleased, right? Do you believe this parable is a lesson on investing our money and investing it wisely? Yeah, to me, the parable really speaks to just stewardship overall. Okay. Right? And, and we know, obviously, life is not about who has the biggest pile of money at the end. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to disparage good investing. We, got, we should all do that. But the, the parable is about stewardship. And I find it interesting that the person that, that gets reprimanded, he was fearful of the master. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we can't live in fear for one thing. Um, but God clearly has given us all certain resources and certain talents and abilities and I think he fully expects us to magnify those for his kingdom. Mm. You know, he's the master. Jesus is our master. And uh, I think he's looking to see what we can do with what he's given us. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I I would wholeheartedly agree. And, that, you know, friends, if you haven't read that parable, I, I would encourage you to turn over to Matthew 25 and then, you know, look up some, some commentary on it because it is incredibly insightful. Kathy? Yeah, you know, I this this was one of the biggest things I had to learn um, <clears throat> as a Christian growing up was about this principle of tithing, and um, I had this one pastor. He was he he said, you know, someone he talked about tithing as being a tithe is ten percent, just you know, giving taking ten percent and investing it in God's kingdom, giving it to God. And and he said, you know, gosh, it seems like a much. It seems like so much, doesn't it? And uh, he said, isn't it amazing that God allows us to keep ninety percent mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. He actually gives us all of it? Mm-hmm. So He gives us all of it, and instead of asking for fifty percent back or sixty percent back, He just says, hey, give me back ten percent, keep ninety for yourself. Mm-hmm. And when I looked at it that way, it was it just kind of blew my mind that oh my goodness he gives me everything and I keep 90 percent like he's responsible for it all and I get to keep 90 percent can you talk us through this this principle of of tithing and why it is such a kind of a cornerstone piece for financial planning yeah that's a great intro to that concept um I think that ultimately God can do a lot more or we can do a lot more with God's help with the 90% than we could all on our own with the 100, right? Mm -hmm. I think people that will practice tithing for a while will discover that. Uh, But tithing is actually a really old principle. It goes back to uh, Genesis 14, and Abraham uh, tithes or gives a tenth to Melchizedek. We don't know a lot about Melchizedek, but he was the priest Mm -hmm. and king, and Jesus is our priest and our king. And so Abraham honored him with that. And so I think part of this is just about honor and submission to God. And um, and in Malachi 3.10, we see, uh, he says, bring the whole tithe in. Test me on this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room for it. Mm-hmm. And um, that is so true. So it's one of the few things I think we see in the Bible where God is saying, test me on it. Mm-hmm. And I really don't know any people that have been tithing more than a couple of years that have ever uh, would not agree to that, that they've had the blessing pouring out. And sometimes my wife and I joke, you know, when we don't have enough garage space or closet space, like our barns are overflowing, right? I mean, we've been blessed. We have so much stuff we don't even really yeah, know what to do with it. They're turning so, to dried fruit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and the other thing, too, I'd, from a psychological standpoint, tithing really gets our minds off of us and our needs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not all about us. When you're giving away 10% or more every month or every year, it becomes about God's kingdom, and you start to plug into that. Mm. You know, I grew up in a church where we got these envelopes every month. They came in a, in a little package, in a little box, and they were labeled, and they were labeled each week. 
right? I mean, they already had the dates on them and everything. All you had to do was pull it out. I think maybe your name was printed on it. I can't, I can't remember that much, but I remember these little boxes. And I remember my parents every single week pulling out their checkbook and mm-hmm. putting a check in there. They didn't make a show of it. But, you know, you as kids, you just notice what your parents are doing, right? And uh, we had – my brother and I had our own little boxes. And so we'd put our little pennies and nickels and quarters in there just trying to be like mom and dad. And and uh, what a what a pure, true lesson that was for us um, as kids growing up to see my parents honoring God with their, their money and taking the time to pull that out each week. Um, and yes, that is, it's a big deal. Um, you know, now we do it all online, right? Ashley will pull out the iPad in the middle of church, you know, and get it, get the tithe in. I'm like, what are you doing on your iPad? He goes, I'm tithing, okay? <laughs> so, um, okay, all right, I got it, I got it. Now, Craig, as we honor God with our financial decisions, One of your concepts here in honoring God is you're very quick to remind us to pray about our financial decisions. Um, Now, financial decisions can be wrapped around our jobs, uh, relocating our cars, our homes, large gifts. I mean, all the things, right? Sports, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, We're to seek God's guidance. Now, what about when we don't receive a clear answer? We've prayed about it, and we just still don't know what to do. That's a great question. I'll give you a personal example about that okay, that I really great. wrestled with. But, you know, it's great in life when we can honor God by asking him in advance, Lord, what do you want me to do with this situation? It's a job or it's a, a home or a relocation. And when you're a faithful believer and you get a yes or no, you got your marching orders, and it's pretty simple, mm-hmm. right? And when you don't get an answer, that's where the challenge lies. And uh, personally, back in about 2014, our family, uh, well, Maria Stella and I primarily, we started just realizing that winters in Minnesota were extremely (laughs) depressing, (laughs) cold and cruel and lasted seemingly forever. And we started thinking about, you know, maybe we should relocate. But we had such a perfect life there. We were a mile and a half away from a church that we loved. We had family up there, great school, great neighborhood. And we thought, are we really going to move just because of the the climate, right? But it was a big deal, and we were praying about it and praying about it and asking for signs. And and my prayer was like the clash prayer. It was, should I stay or should I go now? (laughs) And I was just getting nothing. It was just crickets. And so I just started seeking uh, counsel from as many wise people as I could. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the name of the game. The Mm -hmm. Bible tells us, you know, to seek wise counsel. Mm -hmm. Uh I talked to pastors. I talked to attorneys, accountants, professionals, family, friends, all kinds of things. And that that allowed us to uh, just realize that, you know, God's going to just watch what we're going to do here. He's going to see what we're going to do. He can bless us either way. Uh, ultimately, we made the decision. I had family and business at risk to do this, but we made the move, got down here in 2016, and it's been absolutely fabulous. So it's been a, a super blessing. But sometimes God just leaves it up to us, and we're going to have to just make a prudent choice. You know, yeah. Miss Evelyn, I've heard you say this before. This is one of your pearls of wisdom. You said when you're praying about something and really seeking the mm-hmm. face of God, you cannot step out of God's will. Right. Right. You know, you're seeking the Lord. And so whatever decision ultimately is going to be within God's will because you are seeking him. Well, he is with us, Mm -hmm. not us with him necessarily. There's a big gap there. Mm -hmm. Uh, He he loves us so much that every dot and tittle is marked. Mm -hmm. And uh, we you know, it's the closer we get to the plan we think God has for us. Uh, the better our life's going to be, whether you're in the first grade or you're like we are, you know, years and years and years of of payment. The boys, our boys thought we got to pay God so we can go do this or that or whatever because the, the tithe came out before the antenna came out. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard to do that with kids that don't understand. So what the key is is that we so live, they see it, you don't have to tell them. Mm-hmm. That's great because, I mean, our kids learn so much more from our actions than they do our words. Yeah. Well, um, okay, so, Craig, that was our your first concept was honoring God with with your finances. 
Um, your second financial concept that you put together, it revolves around having a plan, right? Um, what is it called? Planning or failing to plan is planning to fail. Exactly. Right? And so what does this mean and, and how do we start? Yeah, you know, uh, Proverbs 21.5 says the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Mm-hmm. And notice that there's plans implied there. So mm-hmm. we should have a plan and we also need to be diligent. And so I had an old friend that would always uh, was fond of saying, winners keep score, right? And so we really need to have a, a basic plan. We need a budget. We need a net worth statement. Uh, if we don't want to be winners, uh, we're not keeping score. So if you want to be serious about money, you need to start keeping track of it better. And you can ask yourself, would you invest in a business or corporation that didn't have a budget or a balance <laughs> sheet? I mean, that's a given on Wall Street. You have to have those things. And so if we want to treat our own finances seriously, we need to start there. And, of course, a plan can uh, – there's a lot of different compartments to that. It's uh, insurance. It's cash reserves. Mm-hmm. It's investing. It's tax strategies. It's uh, wills and trusts. Um, and, you know, people that don't have the plan really can suffer the consequences. Mm-hmm. And I thought of one really um, startling example. Some of you may remember the, the name Joe Robbie. Mm. who was the owner of the Miami Dolphins. I think it was back in the mid-'90s. And the family owned the Dolphins franchise and the stadium. And they had not, you'd think, somebody worth probably a billion dollars or more would have a plan that was thorough, but they didn't. And when old Joe passed away, they had not planned ahead for the estate tax, which can be as high as 45% of your net worth. Mm -hmm. And they had to sell the Dolphins and the stadium for fire sale prices, and they lost their empire mm. just for lack of a plan. Wow. That's a, that, that should be a lesson for everyone. You know, right the there. concept here for, you know, poor people, and I mean not people that are not really wealthy and whatever, is based on that, the, the theme, what do we do now? It's a we thing. Our life is a we thing. It's me and the Holy Spirit, me and Jesus' word. You know, it's made for us custom-wise that we might understand it and then thank God for it and live it that way. Sometimes you go through a period, and, you know, I'm preaching your sermon here. (laughs) You can go through a period and you think, you know, it can't get worse than this. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then if you put your faith and your feet in the, in the center of God's will, then the things that he has planned for you are available. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to trust for that sometimes when we see, you know, how others are prospering and we're still paying for kindergarten or something. Mm-hmm. But that is, it is an agreement between me and the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, and Evelyn, I, I love I think that you have we have to look at our priorities and you know when you, I just love that you mentioned paying for kindergarten because when I was growing up or not when I was growing up when well when I was growing up in God's word and I had uh, a 6 year old and a 4 year old and a 2 year old my my view was why on earth would you pay for kindergarten when it's free public school is free why would you ever go to a private institution and pay for it that's just absolutely ludicrous and um, I had a girlfriend and she says well Kathy have you ever gone and sat in on a public school class have you ever met with a public school principal and I said well I don't need to because I moved to a blue ribbon school district um, which is the best of the best in, in in Texas so that my kids can go to a really good school And she said, I would just encourage you, go down, meet with the principal, sit in on some classes, you know, kindergarten, second grade, fourth grade, and and see what it's like. And I thought, well, I'll do you one better. I'll go down to the elementary, and I'll do that, and then I'll go across the street to the middle school, and I'll do the same. And my eyes got opened so wide, I could barely stand it, what what they were teaching the kids, what the environment was like. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, oh, Lord, what do I do? I don't have money to send these kids to a good Christian school. And I knew about this Grace Academy in Georgetown. And uh, I went and and went to a a parent night and had the most amazing experience. And I thought, this is where I want my kiddos to go. And my husband had to completely reprioritize summer vacations, our savings plan, um, our going to 
get coffees and and cokes at Sonic and all like that to be able to afford uh, sending our kids to classical Christian education. Now, that is probably the single best decision that I've made in my entire life, getting our Mm -hmm. kids in a classical Christian school and sticking with it for all 12 years of their education. But, Craig, I have this question for you. You know, if, if, if we're living paycheck to paycheck, if there are things that we want to do and we just we don't see that it's even possible for us, how, how, how do we start to even make any sort of, of headway when we have these desires of things to do, yet we look at the bank account and, and don't see how to make it work? That's such a great question. You know, the the story of Nehemiah comes to mind as you as you say that. And Nehemiah was charged with the task of going back and rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem. And um, what I like about that story is every day Nehemiah and his men would pray, mm-hmm. right? And then it also says that as they were building, they had their shovels in one hand and their swords mm-hmm. in the other to protect yeah. themselves. And so I think there's a whole concept here of we need to always act in both realms, the supernatural and the natural realm. Mm-hmm. So when people are in a real bind, you got to keep the faith. You have to pray, pray for a breakthrough, and that might be earning more money. It might be having an opportunity to, to cut something out of the budget. And I would also go, go back to the fundamentals. Are, are people in that situation, are they actually keeping a budget? Mm-hmm. Do they actually have a financial plan? Because so often I find that people don't. And so, again, the plans of the diligent lead to profit. And so, a, got to have a plan. B, need to be diligent about it. Mm-hmm. And those coffees, Kathy, like you said, the coffees, the trips to Sonic, they add up. And, you know, all that Don't stuff they, adds up. Yeah. And, you know, you'd be shocked to see how much you really spend on that um, if you're not keeping a budget, right? Well, oh, I'm and, just going to make a little I trip another here. another thing that, that yeah. I learned. And, you know, flossing my teeth, I also believe, helped send my kids to Christian education. And I know that sounds a little bit <laughs> crazy. I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> I, have, I have a girlfriend who told me, Kathy, health is wealth. So she says, floss your teeth so that you don't have gum disease and have to pay for for surgery and have to pay for all kinds of special treatment. Go and go for a long walk and keep your stress levels down so that you don't find yourself in depression and have to pay for medication and pay to see a counselor. Go for a run and a bike ride and keep your body healthy. Eat high-nutrition uh, diet so that you keep your body healthy so that you don't end up in a doctor's office with diabetes. She says health is wealth, and it is the surest way to grow a bank account. And so I, I have done that. I mean, I have a sister with gum disease. You know, I have family members. I have seven siblings, and they've had all kinds of root canals, and, and I don't even know what a bridge is, but one of them has had a bridge. <laughs> and I have all my own teeth, and I think it's because, I, you know, I knew I needed to send my kids, and so I could not afford any sort of extra mm. bills, and so I flossed. But now, Craig, I'll tell you, I know that, you know, God has also blessed me in that area. I've done my part with flossing, and he's blessed me with, uh, with healthy teeth. But there are sometimes uh, health issues that we don't plan for, you know, kind of trials and, and tribulations, things completely unexpected. How, how do we even plan for those? Yeah, first of all, let's go back to Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs twenty-seven, twelve says, a prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton, or some, some translations say, the fool goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. So, you know, Jesus has told us there's going to be trials and tribulations in this life. We wish that there weren't, uh, but there certainly are. So we just need to be ready for that and plan for as many as possible. And, you know, the number one thing that people can do is just to have an emergency fund. Mm -hmm. We know things are going to happen in life, and, uh, you know, most of them cost money, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. we need to be ready for that. And that will take, uh, once you get an adequate emergency fund, that also will take a lot of the stress out of the way, too. And I know your whole um, series has been on health. And, uh, you know, when you mismanage the finances, it will lead to stress, which will lead to health problems, which will lead to more expense, as you just mentioned. So that's probably the number one thing that we can start with. So how how much, well, 
friends, we have to take a break. Shoot. Um, we will, we will, I have a follow-up question for you, Craig, about emergency fund, about how much that should be for the percentage of our income and, and it, you know, just kind of moving forward, what does that look like for us? Because it's going to look a, a bit different, I would assume, for each family or for each individual person. So do want to get to that after the break. Friends, you've got something to look forward to. We have 12 more minutes with Craig Larson. Wow, Craig, you're amazing. Just wrapping everything around Scripture as we look at how to manage our finances according to scripture healthy finances friends when we return to love talk right after this and welcome back friends to love talk here on 101.1 fm and 1120 a.m the bridge austin central texas christian talk we are building bridges of love and leadership and friends we are getting financially healthy today we have our incredible guest in studio with us craig larson financial advisor and boy, he is just connecting for us biblical principle with uh, financial management and financial health. Craig, I just appreciate you so much. I've learned so much even from the production notes from our first two segments. Friends, you're going to want to go and share this program with your friends. You can go to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com, send your friends a link, and have them listen as well. And you know, now over the break, we're already saying, Craig, we want you back. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to have you on round two for financial health. Now, Carrie, going uh, out of the second segment, I know we just ran out of time and there was a question uh, that you had as a follow-up. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Craig, you mentioned this term emergency fund as we talk about trials and tribulations and an emergency fund. Um, so if you're just starting out or if you have hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank, What? how much of your income or what percentage of your income should go to this emergency fund and what might that look like? Yeah, there's various rules of thumb on that. And I think for me, the starting point for people will be to work towards getting three months worth of your living expenses put in, in an emergency fund. Okay. And that emergency fund, of course, should be liquid or accessible, and it should also be safe. Right, So people think of uh, banks. Savings and checking accounts are great. Money market funds probably have some cash at home in case you can't get to the bank or it's closed or something. So uh, those are the starting points. And, you know, sometimes people in this day where bank accounts pay .00001% interest, (laughs) they want to cheat and they want to say, well, I'm going to put my emergency fund in stocks. Well, Mm, you know, that's uh, a bad idea in the sense that just look at COVID, for example, you know, you're – your stock portfolio gets cut by a third in just a matter of two or three weeks. And, you know, fortunately it came back, but it doesn't always come back like that. And so if you have something like that happen and at the moment you need the money, it's down, you know, 30, 40%. That's just mm-hmm. that's bad planning. So we, this is the one area where we kind of have to just bite the bullet and say we're not going to earn a lot because we need to keep it safe. Okay. Oh, that makes a, that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, so that emergency fund would definitely um, – Earmark that, friends, because we keep, you know, we keep saying this, that planning is key, right? And so we want to earmark that money. Oh, we have a plan for love talk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It starts getting slow, then you've got to slow down, you know. Sometimes it's really hard to meet all the expenses that, that, you know, you have when you retire. Right. But he watches that very closely, you see. You got to go see Fran. <laughs> you got to go see Fran. Fran is there. Here. Our financial lady here. Yes, that's and, right. You know, it's an amazing thing. Uh, only one time did I write a hot check. <laughs> you know, Miss Evelyn, I did the same thing when I was in college. One time, um, I wrote a check for my rent um, uh-huh. at my apartment. I was I was working two jobs and going to school. And I didn't have enough time to go to this was before direct deposit. I didn't have enough time to go to the bank to deposit all my checks. And I had a stack of checks from my jobs, but no money in the bank. (laughs) So anyway, um, Craig, Proverbs 22, 7 tells us the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is the slave of the lender. You know, I feel like we live in a society today where it's just like, oh, take out a loan for that or put it on the credit card. Right. And this is very, very plain. The borrower, that's a hard word to say. The person who borrows money is a slave of the lender. This parable is convicting because we just live in a society of buy it and and think about the consequences later. 
when we give credit cards to freshmen in college, to 18-year-olds. We give credit cards to them. We live in a world that tells us more things brings more happiness. Walk us through debt, and is all debt bad? Yeah, it's a great question. I think we have to parse that in that not all debt is necessarily bad, but there's absolutely multiple forms of very unhealthy debt. So I think the first thing I think of as far as debt is mortgages. Mm -hmm. You know, for one thing, you're borrowing money to purchase an asset that, in general, goes up in value over the long term decently. Okay, so first of all, a debt that's backed by an appreciating asset is an entirely different kind of debt than one that's backed by a depreciating asset or one that has no intrinsic value at all. And I, I know that the Visa commercials tell us that the trip is priceless, right? but, <laughs> but the trip is uh, expensive. And if you I end up... say that too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I like to just think about it. You know, if you can borrow money for 30 years and it's guaranteed at 3% and, you know, that's tax deductible for most people, that's not really a bad thing if it can get you out of renting. Okay, mm-hmm. but... But when you're going out and buying boats or cars and you're financing those things for a long period of time, uh, that's just not optimal. And I've, I've been told now that or I saw in an article that the average car loan is financed over 72 oh, months right now. Stars. And I'm sorry to offend anybody in the audience that has that, but that's not wise planning whatsoever. So uh, try to minimize that. And then, of course, there's the worst debt of all, and we all know it. It's the credit cards. Mm-hmm. And the average credit card rate right now in this world of low interest rates is about 18%. Mm-hmm. So wow. where you can make mm-hmm. maybe 0.018% on your savings, you're getting charged 18% from the bank. And that's really where you get yourself into slavery financially. Mm-hmm. Slave to those credit cards. Um, you know, it's important to honor God with our money. And I know a lot of people use credit cards to pay bills online and things like that. And we're not saying that credit cards are bad. What we're saying is the debt on the credit card is a bad thing. If you can manage your, your be self-controlled to, to use the money that you have and put it on the credit card and pay those off every month, that is financially and fiscally responsible. It's the, the, the interest that just, that will eat you alive. I have known people that are in so much debt, they just they can't crawl out, Craig. And it's because of the credit cards, because they just charge it up. And, and that's a, it's a horrible feeling to know that you're not going to be able to pay that off anytime soon. Um, okay, so when we get on our feet and we start to put a little money away and we're feeling pretty good, saving for retirement and looking to the future... Is there a rule of thumb for how we should proceed with investing, diversification, so to speak? <laughs> we <laughs> rule could of do thumb. We could several do months worth of shows on two that weeks, question. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. We'll we'll just give it the short. Oh, you had to today. put the church in the middle of that. That's right. Yes. <laughs> yes. And um, you know, concept five is really diversification, and I like Ecclesiastes eleven two. It says, "Divide your portion to seven or even eight. For you do not know what misfortune may occur mm. on the earth. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we diversify. And you think about the different asset classes that are out there. There's there's cash and there's stocks and there's bonds and there's land or real estate and there's commodities like gold and silver, agricultural products, energy products, etc. Every asset class has its pluses and minuses. Mm-hmm. And investors should educate themselves on that and use that to their advantage to start with. Okay. So education is key, and we can sit down with a financial advisor and uh, start our education, and we can do work on our own, right, to look that up. So, uh, Craig, tell us about your business and tell our listening friends how they can get in contact with you. Yeah, so we're a boutique financial advisory firm here in Cedar Park, Texas, and you can find us at craiglarson.com. It's C-R-A-I-G-L-A-R-S-O-N.com. And uh, we'd uh, be glad to help anybody that would like to contact us. Awesome. Well, what, what are your kind of parting words of advice for our listening friends, Craig? You know, I'll, I'll throw in two more quick ones here. Okay. As we went back to the prepare for trials and tribulations, mm-hmm. one other part of the emergency fund should be your disaster planning kit. Everybody in Texas should be aware of that since we just went through a deep <laughs> freeze that caused insane disruptions to our grid, including power and water. So. Part of the uh, disaster planning kit would be making sure that you can take care of your loved ones and potentially even help neighbors out with water, with food, with supplies, 
uh, it's just a, a great thing to be ready for to avoid any stress. Craig, there. did you did you dig a bunker in your backyard? I do not have a bunker. That <laughs> sounds like a good idea. Uh, but we had, you know, even just something like filling up the bathtubs with water. People right. forget, you know, and yeah. the power and water's out. You can't even flush the toilet mm-hmm. without yeah. some of that. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people were were freezing to death. They were hungry. They were thirsty. Mm-hmm. And, and there's no need for that. We just need to plan ahead. We were blessed. Our son has a... Um, large company, and they had, were digging for foundation, and he found a spigot that nobody was messing with. It. He loaded up on water. Oh, good for him. <laughs> and we were just, you know, kind of, well, it'll go be gone tomorrow. Well, it didn't leave tomorrow. You know, that was it was five days. We didn't have electricity. Yeah, you were you were in a bad way. So that's the disaster planning kit. And what's your second thing that you have? The other one is just as we talk about prepare for a disaster and take precautions. What about markets? You know, we we know that. Stocks crash periodically, bonds crash periodically, real estate has its challenges, and we should be ready for that and use it to our advantage. And there's a whole lot that can go into that, but we don't want to just blindly sail along, sailing along thinking that it's always going to be a sunny day and the wind is behind us in our sails. Uh, you know, you want to get ready for investment challenges and use those as opportunities and not, you know, panic moments. Okay. Wow, friends, uh, I think you should contact Craig Larson at craiglarson.com. Uh, what an amazing program we've had today is we've talked about healthy finances and honoring God first with our finances, having a financial plan, preparing for trials and tribulations to watch our debt, be very, very careful about what we're putting on those credit cards and, what, and how we're getting into debt and to diversify when we get the opportunity to start saving and start putting things away. Friends, we love you so much, and we just encourage you today on this Saturday morning to find a church. If you're not involved in a church, we encourage you to find a church, friends, that is opening the Bible and preaching the Word of God, that they are looking in the Scriptures and applying that to life today. A relationship with Jesus Christ will change your life. If you have any questions of that, please call us on the love line at 512-249-6535. We would love to hear from you. For my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful friend, Mrs. Evelyn Davison, the First Lady of Love, I am Coach Carrie Brinkader. For Kathy Underbrock over there in Boise, Idaho, we love you. We are the Love Ladies, and we'll see you next time right here on the